we aren't going to be in their lives forever. We shouldn't be. If we're do if I'm doing my job right, you will not need me there forever. But you will always need support and you'll always need that person beside you, whether that is a, a partner or a spouse or a friend, you need that person in your court. And this gives them more of the opportunity to make connections throughout the community. Welcome to the With You at Every Step podcast. We address your healthcare questions and help you navigate life's challenges. Our guests share their expertise and real world advice related to care for older adults, grief and healing, and pregnancy and parenting. Every Step is a nonprofit healthcare and human services organization offering dozens of programs that are there when people need us most. Learn more about our free and low cost services at everystep.org. Thank you for listening. And here is our host, Polly Carver Kim. Hi, and welcome to today's show. We have two people with us today to talk about uh, maternal child health. And Becky Borgman, the Maternal Child Health Director for Every Step is with us, as well as Lynette Nelson, who's a Healthy Start Manager. And welcome to you both. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Well, you know, Every Step, uh, you know, we like to say that we have the breadth of services from really the cradle to the grave. Um, And without any laughing about that, we really do serve prenatal all the way to hospice services and grief services after someone passes away. Today we're talking about the early end of that spectrum, um, about our child and maternal health services. Can you give us just a little idea of, of what all we do in that realm of our services that have to do with children and mothers? You know, one of the coolest things I think Karen Support offers for when you look at maternal, infant, child health and services that we provide is that we really kind of orbit around the clients. We, from the minute they call in to every step, we ask them questions and are really making sure we're providing the services that works the best for them because only they are going to know what will work in their life. So we offer such a wide spectrum of, do you want a case manager going into your house? Do you want a nurse going into your house? Does that not work for you? And would you rather have someone calling you? So we try to be as flexible as possible to serve just from my experience uh, and seeing some of our services, you hate to really call them programs and services because like you said, Becky, it's all encompassing. If you have one person who may be taking advantage of the stork's nest, they're probably also involved with nurse family partnership or all these programs that have names, but it really is all just about serving the entire person and all their needs. Yeah, we really work in care and support as breaking down those silos just so we can communicate across all teams to best support that client because you know what they need at intake and when we first initially go and see them might not be what they need in the next few months. So really that we all have this collaboration and we're looking to best serve the community at our greatest capacity with what we have. Lynette, did you want to add anything to that? You look like you need to say something. Well, I would just add that, you know, it's not just that client even, but their family as well. Um, so for for their children, if there's other people in the household, especially we're really looking at being more inclusive of fathers, you know, when we provide services as well. So um, so I, I guess I would just add that that piece. That's a great that's a great observation. We do a lot with fathers. 
Um, and my understanding is a lot of times they will come in, the fathers get drawn into our, uh, our care and support system through the mother. Um, yes. And then all of a sudden dad's taking part in our programs too. And, and it's just a really nice way of doing things. Definitely. We have groups and classes, prenatal classes, parenting classes. Um, we've got a fourth trimester group um, um, with consumer meetings. And with all those groups in those meetings, we definitely want dads to be involved because they're that support person that's with their partner. Um, and so they should be learning the same things, whether even even during a home visit or, you know, like I say, groups and classes as well. So definitely. Tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that uh, new and expecting parents face, especially within our um, our area of serving those in our communities. When I speak about our programs, I always like to kind of reflect on myself and what brought me into public health. When I first started my nursing career, I was a labor and delivery nurse, and I had a supportive partner, supportive family, stable income, transportation. And I remember when they discharged me from the hospital and looking at my baby and being like, you want me to take her home and do what with her? Um, and if I felt like that, start adding some of these barriers that the participants that we serve have, such as like food insecurity, housing insecurity, transportation barriers. And, and then 25 to 50% of the clients we serve don't speak English. English is not their first language. So when you start looking at some of those barriers, it's hard to not like think of how important these public health programs are and not even from the education that we can bring them, but just the support of like getting them connected to other community resources. And then like Lynette was talking about the groups and classes. I think one of my favorite thing about the groups and classes are that we aren't going to be in their lives forever. We shouldn't be. If we're do if I'm doing my job right, you will not need me there forever but you will always need support and you'll always need that person beside you, whether that is a, a partner or a spouse or a friend, you need that person in your court. And this gives them more of the opportunity to make connections throughout the community. Lynette, I know you said earlier, uh, when we were talking before the show, that breastfeeding support is one of the barriers that a lot of women face. Um, and just, you know, my own experience having children many years ago is that there's not always a huge emphasis on breastfeeding in the hospital. You know, you, you go home with a bag of formula um, and that's not to say, uh, you know, to supplement with formula or maybe some others need to use formula, um, but there's not a lot of support uh, for breastfeeding, especially in the early stages. And it's not easy. Right. I agree. And, um, you know, that's one reason why I was thinking of breastfeeding, because I was kind of thinking of my own experience, just like Becky was, um, and just how much of a struggle it can be. And just having that encouragement, um, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to, to breastfeed. And it's, it, it's much easier to do the formula. Um, but if you've got the support and you've got somebody that is encouraging you, like, you know, somebody that, that works for every step that's, that's maybe visiting with you or, 
or checking in with you even over the phone, I think that helps. But, um, but at the hospital, yes, there's not, there's not a lot of that support. So, um, I wish there were more, um, groups, breastfeeding support groups and, and things like that in the community. Speaking of support, um, we're involved in a special doulas project, um, especially black doulas to help black women, um, who are having a baby. And this is really an exciting program that uh, I think is um, taking off. So either one of you can tell us a little bit about the Black Doulas program and how that works, how you become a doula, what is a doula? Sure, I can speak to that a little bit. So um, our maternal health program offers a Black Doula project, which um, the the goal of the doula project was to decrease maternal mortality. We all hopefully are hearing about the staggering rates of maternal mortality. And thankfully, people are starting to look at what can we do to help with these numbers. And one of the projects that we are doing is the Black Doula Project. So in this project, we have, it's it's kind of twofold. We are trying to build workforce of black doulas, which is a very small workforce to start with. So we are providing training and support to help increase that um, doula workforce. But uh, part of that, like I just spoke about new parents needing support, doulas need support too. They go to a week training and then are expected to go help a pregnant individual through one of the most important days of their life. And so making sure that that doula has the support of what they need to not get burnout and continue to help throughout the community. So we want to build that workforce and we want to offer a doula to a black identified or African-American individual. So that has been a challenge in itself. I mean, if you really look at who could have gotten a doula in the past, that's a very privileged thing to be able to do. Um, and so it does come to the starting at just educating on what is a doula. So a doula is like the best support you could have in a birth room. They are not a medical professional, but they're there to help advocate for you and help you throughout the labor and even before labor. So they'll see you before while you're pregnant, they'll come to the hospital with you, which some of the moms we serve, you know, I have been at home visits and I'm like, who's going to go to the hospital with you? And they're, they say no one because their partner is staying home with the other children. So they have nobody going with them. So this gives them an opportunity to have that person who is 100% there to support them. And then they will come and see them after the baby is, is born as well. Well, Lynette, I know you've been involved with that project. And, you know, until I talk to some of these women and experts like you on black maternal mortality, um, I took it for granted that when I went to the hospital for my kids and I knew it was time that the baby was right now and I yelled, it's coming right now. The doctor listened to me. Mm -hmm. um, and now I tell you, it was a, my eyes were open wide when I talked to some of these black mothers who were talking about the doulas that were with them and said, my doctor didn't listen to me. I mean, the doctor just didn't, didn't, uh, take me seriously, or uh, my doula had to advocate for me. That's really important when we're talking about maternal mortality, isn't it? 
It is. I agree. And um, just for those people that are listening to have a a better understanding of what maternal mortality is or pregnancy related death um, that happens during pregnancy or the first year after birth. Um, And like you said, um, Becky alluded to uh, the fact of needing, you know, of of having black doulas um, and the reason and and also, you know, what's happening in the country with maternal mortality um, just across the country. I mean, our maternal mortality rate is higher here in the United States. Um, and then when we look at the disparities, the racial disparities, um, black women are dying at three to four times the rate of, of white um, individuals nationally. And then here in the state of Iowa, um, it's six to one. Um, and so when, um, when Becky talks about a doula and when you talk about, you know, being listened to and things like that, other things that they found just in some of the research is that, um, over 60, around 60% of those deaths are considered preventable. Um, and in some of the cases, it may be if they had, had been listened to, if their pain or if their, their uh, complaints or the things that they were saying had been taken a little bit more seriously, um, then, you know, maybe the birth outcome would have been different. And I'm not saying that's the case for all of them, but, um, but there's definitely, uh, things that could have changed in, you know, either with, um, with the patient, you know, maybe speaking up or the doctor listening and then also acting, um, or with, um, you know, a, a family member advocating, um, some of those factors could have, have had a, a part to do with it. And so, um, with the doulas, you know, they have that advocate, they have somebody that tells them what, you know, what their, what their rights are as a patient as well. Um, you know, I think about, um, something called the, um, the black and birthy bill of rights that is through, um, the national association to advance black birth. Um, there's, there's 20 of them. Um, and, uh, you know, some of them are just, you know, I have the right to be listened to and heard. I have the right to be respected and received respectful care, just, just to, to, to name a couple of them, but being able to, um, to share this, I think with, um, with birthing people, particularly black birthing people, um, I think it's, it's just good. It's empowering. Um, and it, it just gives them a little bit of, um, you know, autonomy, I feel like. Yeah. And, and again, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of our conversation of, uh, what if you are from another country, you're a refugee or you're an immigrant here, and you are black and you can't speak the language yet, you don't have a huge support system here, a family, and you're going to have a baby and you're not even sure how to talk to the doctor. I mean, having a doula in a situation like that just seems invaluable to me. Mm-hmm. As someone who was lucky to have an easy time of it, you know, I think we often forget how difficult it is for some of the other people in our community. Um, really quick here before we have to go, there's a big event coming up, the Baby Bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a huge, huge success last year in its very first year. Lynette works tirelessly on this thing. Um, I'm so impressed with, with you. you. You do so much work. You have so much commitment to your job, Lynette. Thank We're lucky you, to have Holly. You. 
It's absolutely true. Um, you want to tell us real quickly about that event and how people can get involved? Sure. Um, the Baby Bloom is in a, it's a pregnancy um, resource fair um, for new and expecting families. So at this event, it's um, we're going to have resource tables um, to be able to answer questions. We'll have screenings for blood pressure and iron. We'll, um, we'll also, uh, have some giveaways, um, food. There's going to be a DJ. It's going to be kind of like a, just like a big baby shower where people come and they receive, um, education. Uh, they receive, uh, food. We want to be able to have fresh, uh, fruits and vegetables available. Um, we will have, uh, the swag bags that we'll have, um, uh, baby supplies, health and hygiene supplies for mom and for baby. Um, it's just, it's really going to be an opportunity for the family to come out on Mother's Day weekend and just do, do something, something fun and educational. Um, while at the same time, just learning, there's going to be lots of learning. We'll have all of the black and birthy bill of rights posted up throughout the event as well. And some doulas. Yes. Will we have doulas there? Yes, we will have That's doulas. Uh, yes, we'll have uh, lactation people there. We'll have nurses, uh, all kinds of uh, um, uh, kids' activities as well. So we want to, you know, bring the bring the youngins too. So um, music, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It will be. You can find out more about that on our website, uh, everystep.org, and then just search for Baby Bloom. If you can't miss it, it's. It's a big event. We're really excited to bring it to you. Anything else either one of you wants to add about the issue or what you'd like people listening to know about uh, maternal health and child health? Um, I think I would like people to know that, you know, I was so fortunate to stumble across Nurse Family Partnerships when that job posting was up. I had never heard of something like this before. I think that's my biggest takeaway from all that I've learned is that the resources are out there and we have to all kind of unite to bring the resources to people and make sure that they know they're available. Um, just so we are all on this together and <laughs> trying to support the community the best we can. And it takes all of us. So it does. That's a great way. Excuse me. Great way to put it. Um, thank you both for being on the show. We've had Becky Borgman, who is the maternal child health director for Every Step, and Lynette Nelson, the Healthy Start manager, and also the sorter of goods for Baby Blue and the organizer of food trucks, and, and she just does a million other things too. Um, if you have any questions about anything we talked about today, or if you or someone else you know is struggling or needs assistance, uh, just contact us at mstep.org, excuse me, slash care. Again, that's everystep.org slash care. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Polly Carver-Kim.